What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoop Heads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Daily Thunder, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, At the Buzzer, and Cavaliers Fast Break. Plus, our coaching focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoop Heads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. Sixes and five. Who could have predicted it? Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess if you didn't listen to the preview pod, I picked the Sixers and five. Uh, after game three, I wasn't feeling very good about that at all. Um, and then the Wizards won game four, and they just lost game five by a significant amount. Um, the Sixers just beat the Wizards 129 to 112. Um, the game wasn't necessarily close down the stretch. Bradley Beal checked out with like four minutes left. Um, so not particularly a great performance for the Wizards, especially against a team without their best player. Um, to kind of get blown out like is not a good thing. <laughs> um, going over the overview in four factors for this game. Um, pulling up super quick. Um, the Sixers' offensive rating was a ridiculously high 129, um, and the Wizards' offensive rating was 110.9. Um, Sixers' effective field goal percentage was 57.9. Wizards was 54.4. Turnover rate for the Sixers was 9%, and the Wizards was 13.9%. Um, Sixers' one is pretty low. 13.9% is pretty high for turnover rate. Um, both offensive rebound rates were pretty, like, relatively low at 20.5, 25 for the Sixers and then 20.5 for the Wizards. And then the Philadelphia 76ers' free throw rate was through the roofs at 41.5%, which is in the 100th percentile. The Wizards was also high at 32.9%, um, but that's only in the 89th. Only, only in the 89th percentile. Um, and just put that in the context of overall numbers. The Sixers got to the line 43 times in this game and made 34 free throws. Um, the guys that were getting there were like Seth Curry got there seven times, Ben Simmons eight times, Tobias Harris 10 times, and Dwight Howard 10 times. Um, yeah, Dwight Howard going eight for 10 for free throws range is, or free throw range, free throws is a little bit unlucky. Um, but going over some of the basic box score numbers um, for this game, Bradley Beal was incredible in this game. Um, he had 40 points. Or not 40, 32 points in 40 minutes, 10 of 23 from the field, 10 of 10 of the line. So 32 points coming on 28 shooting possessions is pretty efficient, especially for how they were guarding him. Um, but he did have five turnovers. Um, Russell Westbrook had, you know, 
uh, Russell Westbrook game. Um, he had 24 points um, on 25 shooting possessions, um, 10 assists, 8 rebounds, minus 21 um, where the Wizards when he was on the floor. Also had four turnovers and four fouls. Um, Rui Hachimura was solid in this game, played 43 minutes, minus 15 uh, when he was on the floor. Um, I don't know if that's like how much of that's on him. Um, 8 for 13 from the field, 4 or 5 at the line, so 21 points on 15 and a half shooting possessions is pretty good. Um, looking at the rest of the Wizard guys, um, like Gafford had eight points in 29 minutes. Um, Neto had eight points in 25 minutes and Ish Smith had nine points in 26 minutes, like whatever. Um, I so yeah, moving on to the Sixers, um, Seth Curry obviously had like one of the better, um, playoff Seth Curry games, um, of his life, I guess. Um, he was seven to seven at the free throw lines, three to six from three and 10 to 17 from the field overall, 30 points, um, in 31 minutes. And those 30 points coming on 20 and a half shooting possessions. So ridiculous efficiency from him. Tobias Harris had 28 points, 9 to 17 from the field, 8 to 10 to the line. Um, so 28 points coming on 22 shooting possessions, really efficient. Um, ben Simmons had 19 points, um, 7 to 11 from the field, and then 5 of 8 at the line, um, which is about what you'd expect from him. Um, and, you know, we'll get into that later. Um, Tyrese Maxey was really, really good in this game. 13 points on um, 15 shooting possessions, though, like not super efficient. But the way that he was able to drive bench offense um, was super, super impressive. Um, Dwight Howard, 12 points, like he in whatever quarter, like the third quarter was just like dominating in the post um, in a way that he hadn't done in game four, like he was bad in game four. Uh, and then Furkan Korkmaz again, um, like he can shoot, you have to guard him. Um, just because they set a little pin in or flare screen, like doesn't mean that you should stop guarding him. Um, they had the same problem with guarding Seth Curry. Um, so yeah, so I don't know. It's the last game of the season. That game was ugly. I guess, obviously, we, we do have to start with positives. Um, but I guess positive, not plural, um, because, like, I don't know how much positivity you can get out of that besides how good Bradley Beal was. I guess, like, Rui was fine. But, like, Bradley Beal was really, really good in this game. Um, he was being guarded for the most part by Ty, or not by Matisse Thibel, um, in or actually, no. Yeah, so Matisse Thibel, um, he was coming around, going over every screen, but also just, like, one-on-one. Um, trying to force him baseline, bringing him to the help. Help was usually from Ben Simmons, who's playing at the five in this game. Um, or then the Wizard could set screens with different guys, like go at guys like um, Danny Green, Seth Curry, or not Danny Green because Danny Green is going to Russell Westbrook. He doesn't set screens, but like mostly Tobias Harris, um, who's guarding uh, Rui Hachimura. Um, so that worked out pretty well for the Wizards, um, just getting Bradley Beal downhill, getting him good looks. He was also just making some ridiculously tough shots, but like. I don't know. If we're being completely honest, like Matisse Seibel is really, really good defensively. I think he might be a little bit overrated as an on-ball guy. Like I think he's just more valuable, like off the ball and like help just blowing up actions, like help at the nail, all that kind of stuff. Um, because like on the ball, like Bradley Beal was able to really, really give it to him. Um, so just looking at Bradley Beal's shot chart, four of eight at the restricted area, but like him getting there eight times is a failure from the defense, but like super, super awesome for Bradley Beal. Um, one of three from floater range, three of five from mid range, and then two of seven from above the break three. Um, Bradley Beal's three point shot kind of just never really fell in that series. Um, like he's not as good of a shooter as people think, um, like off the dribble, um, like catch and shoot spot ups. Like he's awesome. Like he's like a 40 plus percent guy there. Um, but like off the dribble, like the tough looks he takes, he's like, you know, 33, 32% on a lot of looks that he takes. Um, so like, I don't know, but like that, that stuff is like kind of a counter to the, them taking away because he's such an elite finisher around the rim. Um, so great in the mid, like mid range area and like such a great shot creator. That's kind of his counter. Um, but most of the stuff for Bradley Beal in this game was like force creation stuff. Like he was not getting a ton of off ball stuff. Um, just like having Matisse Seibel, either like just face guard him, like top and lock, like <laughs> not top, um, like lock and trail off screens, get around screens. Like he's really, really like he, that's where he excels. Um, 
So like getting him in off ball actions is tough, especially when you have guys like kind of sagging off a little bit in the paint. Like if um, he gets a nice little backdoor cut, there's not really a passing angle there because you have Ben Simmons kind of playing on that center in the dunker spot um, or even like, you know, someone else playing in the dunker spot. So like Rui. Um, so it, it's pretty tough for Bradley Beal. Um, the fact that he played this well in this series against this defense is insanely impressive. Um, so yeah, the next guy I want to talk about is Rui Hachimura. Um, do we, I don't, uh, okay. I'll touch on his defense. Not good. Um, he still can't get around a screen. I've said this before a lot of times, like he's just too big of a human being, like he, and he's just not agile enough and that's fine because normally power forwards aren't asked to get around screens. Um, but once you get to a certain level of basketball, like, like in the playoffs against a one seed, when their power forward is Tobias Harris, um, you have to be able to learn to get around screens because Tobias Harris is really, really good at navigating screens on the ball. Um, and if you can't get around them and he gets you on your hip, on his hip, and then he's like attacking downhill against the center, like you have problems. Um, and that's an issue. That's a big time issue for the Wizards. Um, and like that didn't go well in the series, but offensively, Rui looked good. Um, like he was attacking, um, him getting downhill was good. Like him being a screener roller um, always looks good. Um, I like, I would love to see whoever the coaches next year get into that, dip into that a little bit more. Um, but he was five or seven from mid range in this game. Like that's just straight up unsustainable. Like he is a fine mid range jump shooter, he's above average, but like, if that's the thing that you're best at in this league, that's not a good thing. Um, he has to diversify his game in this offseason. I hope he does. Like his aggression, his level of aggressiveness in this game, I thought was like better than it really has been most of the season. Um, and also, like I love him getting on transition. Um, but yeah, like there's a lot of stuff he needs to work on. Um, he's like still kind of raw a little bit, but like that's that was kind of expected because he just doesn't have like a ton of basketball experience, just, like just because of his background. Um, so it's kind of fine at this point. But he is like what 23 years old. Um, so progression has to come quickly. Um, is what I'll say on that front. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the Sixers because I thought that, um, it was really, really fun to watch, um, how they're playing this game. Um, something I talked about last time is like just the, where the basketball is going, like players like Ben Simmons and like 10 years from now are just going to be playing center and it's going to be like super common, like guys that can provide help at the rim, guys that can handle the ball, make good decisions, just kind of stress, um, just absolutely demolish like traditional centers. Um, like, you know, like Ben Simmons, Anthony Davis, like Bam Adebayo, like those types of guys, like. Even like guys like Nikola Jokic who are like making plays, unbelievable playmakers. Like that's going to be the future of the center position. Just tons of like versatility. Um, and Ben Simmons is one of those super versatile players. Like him playing at the five in this game was straight up scary. <laughs> like he can switch on defense. Like the Wizards weren't particularly running a ton of screening actions at him just because like he can switch everything or like he can just contain it. Like he's so good um, in that area. Um and then, like, when you have a guy who's playing center, just be, like, the best defender on your best player who's a guard, like, that's pretty terrifying. Also, Ben Simmons being unlocked more in handoff actions, being unlocked more as a screener and roller, being unlocked in the short roll, like, all that kind of stuff is terrifying. Um, because if you're guarding Ben Simmons and he kind of has a handoff with um, Seth Currier, like, they they ran a ton of Chicago action, which is a down screen into a handoff. Um, they would run that a ton for Seth Curry. And if you don't have a big coming up to the level, um, whoever your big is guarding Ben Simmons, which is usually Daniel Gafford, um, then that's a big problem. And then like Ben Simmons can just take Daniel Gafford off the dribble where, whenever he kind of feels like it and get to the rim and get a layup um, or just at the very least collapse the defense and make a really nice kick out because he's such a good passer. Um, that's a huge problem. And he just demolished the Wizards defense on plays like that. Like he had 11 assists in this game, 19 points, plus 17 when he was on the floor. Um, something I didn't understand was having Gafford guard him. Um, I would have put, I don't know. So I, what I would have done is put Pry Hachimura on Simmons, um, try to, well, because you have two guys, you have Beal and, the problem with the Wizards defense is they have 
Beal and Westbrook, who are two guys that you have to hide as much as possible. Then you have Rui Hachimura, who can't guard on the perimeter really well. You have Daniel Gafford, who can't guard on the perimeter. And then you have Howe Neto, who has a size and speed issue. So, like, Howe Neto was guarding Seth Curry in this game, um, trying to lock and trail, and he didn't do a great job at all. Um, that's, like, Seth Curry got way too many good looks because Howe Neto just didn't do a great job of locking and trailing. That's not really his forte. Like, his forte is really getting into ball handlers um, and, like, providing good help at the nail, like, that kind of stuff. Like, he's not a lock and trail guy. But Beal and Westbrook are terrible lock and trail guys, so you can't have that. So he kind of has to, like, by default, guard Curry. So then you kind of, you have to try to hide, like, Beal mostly hides on Danny Green. Um, but in this game, you can hide, hit, he hit a lot on Matisse Dybul. So I would have hit um, Daniel Gafford on Matisse Dybul, just have him help all over the place, um, try to put, like, um, because if you put the thing, if you put Rui on Ben Simmons, then you have Westbrook on Tobias Harris. Like there, there's just no right answer here on how the Wizards could have guarded the Sixers team. And it kind of gets to the fact that like, I think I said this last episode that the Sixers are just a better team than the Wizards, even without like Joel Embiid, like they're just straight up better. And that's a major, major issue. If you're a team in like, you want to have any shot at making the second round of playoffs or making any noise in the playoffs whatsoever. Like, the other team without their best player is better than you still? Like, you still have no answers for what they do or their lineups that they throw out there? Like, that's a huge issue. And, like, how are they still, like, their depth is so much better than the Wizards without their best player. How is that? Um, even, like, the guy, like, Tyrese Maxey is good. Like, he was a positive contributor in this series, which is really, really rare for a rookie in the playoffs. Um, and he was, like, what, the 20-something? He was in the early 20s. Um, he was the 21st pick in the draft. Um that's pretty awesome for them. Um, not for the Wizards because like he came off the bench and he was really, really good in this game. Um, yeah, so I guess, I don't know, like the Wizards just had issues. Like, and then Matisse Seibel, like he didn't play a ton. He only played 16 minutes in this game because Maxi, like Maxi played 26 minutes um, because of how well he was playing. And he can like, he's more of a threat to shoot the ball. Like he's not particularly a great shooter right now, but he at least like is someone that you probably have to guard. And if you kind of close out like to him at all, he can still make a play. He can make two dribbles, get into the lane and finish. Um, he's a pretty good passer. So like Maxi's good. And he, I think he's a pretty good defender too, despite like, like he had a little bit of like size concerns. Um, not like the most explosive athlete in the world, um, coming out of Kentucky. Um, also just didn't like play very well at Kentucky period. Um, but yeah, like I really, really like Maxi. Um, yeah, another guy I do want to talk about is Dwight Howard. Um, Dwight Howard got killed by Robin Lopez last game. This game, Dwight Howard kind of killed Robin Lopez, but I, it, it kind of came off that way. But I think that Robin Lopez was just getting absolutely killed by his backline defense. And by his backline defense, for the most part, I mean Russell Westbrook a little bit was how Neto, um, but Neto was also on, like, that's part of, part of the thing you do, um, like, that I credit Doc Rivers for doing, is putting either Seth Curry or Furkan Korkmaz in that weak side corner. So, like, Neto's guy in that weak side corner, it's his responsibility to tag the big, um, but tag it at the right time, because you have to pull over early and then tag, like, right when Robin Lopez commits, and that's, it's kind of a hard line, like, line to walk. And Neto and like Westbrook has been terrible at all season. I've said it a thousand times. Neto didn't do a good job of it that game because of the matchups that he was playing. Like guarding like a shooter like Furkan Korkmaz or Seth Curry is going to give you a second of hesitation to where like if the lob is thrown, it's a dunk. Um, so that's kind of tough. Also like on rebounds, like even if um, even if Robin Lopez was contesting on like a floater or something, like a missed shot, like Dwight Howard got four offensive rebounds. Like I don't really think that that was. Um, to the fault of Robin Lopez because like he's contesting shots. So like if you play a drop with Robin Lopez, but you play a little bit of a softer drop because you're afraid of the floater, um, 
then you're kind of and your backline defense is bad, then it's just it's basically a two-on-one every single time, especially if your point of attack guards can't get over screens, which is another issue the Wizards have. Like, no one, none of their guards can really get over screens. Um, and that's a problem. Like, the Wizards need to address that in the offseason. They need some better perimeter defense. I mean, they, they need a ton. Like, I don't even... I'll, I'll go through, like, I'll do a pod on, like, I guess, offseason preview at some point. Um, but, yeah. Uh, Garrison Matthews. Oh, let's talk about Hacka Simmons. So last time I praised Hacka Simmons a little bit because just be, like not because of the theory, but because of the fact that Scott Brooks was trying something new. Um, but like thinking more about the theory of Hacka Simmons. Um, ben Simmons is a sixty-one percent free throw shooter. So sixty-one percent times two. Um, that is one point two two points per possession. Um, one point two two points per possession is incredible offense. That would be the best offense in the history of basketball. Um, so if you're kind of just giving them that every, like multiple times, like giving them literally the best offense in the history of basketball, I mean, like as your expected point total, that's not good theory at all. Also, like the Wizards half court offense isn't very good. It hasn't been very good throughout the whole season. So if you foul, if you send someone to the line, you're not going to be able to play in transition where the Wizards are actually like pretty good. And that's where they really excel. Like early offense and transition are where the Wizards excel. And if you like do that, then you, you're you just playing in the half court every time. And then like if the Sixers adjust to a level where you can't really get any sort of advantage in the half in half court offense and half court sets, you have a major issue. Um, so yeah, like I don't like that hack of Simmons. And what's so frustrating is that they finally brought in Garrison Matthews. Like I was literally watching the TV. I said, oh, they brought Matthews in. And then he fouled Ben Simmons. I was like, oh my God, just to do Hacka Simmons? Like, that was really, really, really frustrating. Like, I don't understand the theory of why Garrison Matthews isn't playing. I think that if you're having problems locking and trailing Seth Curry, I think that you can so easily just say, tell Garrison Matthews to lock and trail Seth Curry and then just sprint around on offense for like 10 minutes at least a game. Like, I truly, truly think that Garrison Matthews should be starting. Like, I think if I were the coach, I'd be starting Garrison Matthews, Rui Hachimura, um, Daniel Gafford, Bradley Beal, and Russell Westbrook. That'd be my starting five. Like, I I just don't understand why he's not in the rotation. He's so much more valuable than, like, Anthony Gill. Anthony Gill played 11 minutes in this game was god-awful. How do you pick up four fouls in 11 minutes? Like, how do you have two turnovers when you're not, like, doing anything on the ball? Like, he shot the ball zero times. He had two. Like, what is going on? I don't want, like, Daniel Gafford was not good defensively. He gave you nothing offensively. If he caught the ball and he had, like, daylight, he wasn't even looking at the rim from the three-point line. He's supposed to be a shooter. He is nowhere near the level of a role player that Garrison Matthews is. And it makes no sense to me why Garrison Matthews didn't play. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, he, he must have, I don't know. I have no idea what happened um, with that. Like, that's, that's just completely mind-boggling to me. Like, I don't know. I, I can't even think of a single reason why um, Garrison Matthews played, like, below Anthony Gill. Um, anyways, um, do we want to talk about, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how deep we want to get into this, but, like, Shake Milton. Um, Shake Milton played. Um, he didn't play much. Like he's supposed to be the sixth man coming into the year. Like I like Shake Milton. Um, but he just doesn't really give you as much on ball versatility as like Tyrese Maxey does. Like honestly, like Tyrese Maxey, like Shake Milton's a way better shooter at this point. Like, but I like Tyrese Maxey as a decision maker. Um, kind of a better, like more crafty ball handler. Um, defensively, like uh, um a wash. Like I don't know, but like yeah, Tyrese Maxey coming in, like getting into rotation above Shake Milton is pretty interesting. Um. So yeah, um, honestly, how far into this am I? 17 minutes? Um, not very. Okay, I have some notes. Oh my god, I didn't even talk about how <laughs> Joel Embiid is out. Um, at the very beginning of the game, the Wizards were getting a ton attacking downhill against the Sixers because Joel Embiid was out. Like Simmons at the five, I love it, but Simmons doesn't have 
fantastic help instincts as your center because he hasn't been put in that role a ton. So at times, when he should be helping, he's not particularly always there because, you know, the fact that he hasn't really played a ton of center. Um, so that allowed the Wizards to get downhill a lot at the beginning. They were getting tons of looks at the rim. They are getting to the free throw line a lot. Like, the free throw rate was really high. Overall, for the game, they got to the rim 24 times, and they're only 11 for 24. Some of that is just due to straight-up variance. Like, some of that is just because, like, Sixers had pretty good help defense, like, in terms of the back line. Some of that was because, like, Westbrook was missing a ton around the rim. Oh, got to talk about Westbrook. Uh, yeah, okay. So, um, but the way that the Sixers adjusted to them, like, the, to the Wizards kind of getting downhill a lot is just completely, like, mucking up the paint, mucking up the lanes. Um, the Wizards had pretty much all time, like, literally, no, like, all times in this game, the Wizards had, like, three perimeter players that... Um, that the Sixers didn't respect at all in terms of shooting. Like, they did not respect um, Rui Hachimura, Russell Westbrook, Ish Smith, Anthony Gill, or even, like, Howell Neto, for the most part, um, as a shooter. Like, they were pretty much going to let anyone shoot a three that wasn't named Bradley Beal in this game, or Garrison Matthews. Like, for the little bit Garrison Matthews played, they were playing him pretty tight. Um, but, like, anyone besides that, they were going to be perfectly fine with shooting a three. They weren't going to let Bradley Beal shoot the ball, that shoot a shot that wasn't contested. And, like... If Bradley Beal drove, there was like five guys there waiting for him. Um, the kickout goes to, you know, Rui Hachimura. You live with that. You live with Rui Hachimura shooting. If the kickout goes to Ish Smith, you, you just look at him and say, shoot it. I dare you. Because they know these guys can't shoot. Like, that's a major issue. If you know, you don't, you not only have guys that are really low percentage three-point shooters, but they're low volume guys. Like, they're reluctant. They're like record scratch guys. Like, you can't have that around someone like Bradley Beal, who's so good. Like, I would love to see Bradley Beal on a team that had good spacing. Um, like interesting play design. Like I don't Bradley Beal. Like I'll talk about him in like a different pod. But like, look, if I'm Bradley Beal and I just had that performance in a series that was completely uncompetitive, I have big t- I have big time questions. Like I'm on the verge of kind of asking out. Like I don't I don't really know what Bradley Beal sees in this Wizards organization that makes him want to stay so much. Like he seems to really really like it in DC. But like, man, like <laughs> you know, it's kind of getting questionable. He was really really frustrated on the bench at the end of the game. Um, so yeah, I don't know what. It's going to be interesting to see what he says during the offseason. Um, and yeah, like tomorrow, um, in terms of Adrian Wojnarowski and Sham Sharani, like if they say something about the Wizards, like at this point, I don't think anything could really surprise me. Like if they clean house in terms of front office and coaching staff, wouldn't be surprised if Bradley Beal demands a trade. Straight up would not be surprised. Um, Russell Westbrook demands out. I wouldn't be surprised. I Like nothing would surprise me. <laughs> um <laughs> Sorry, I just dropped my mic. Um, but yeah, um, so the next thing I want to talk about is Russell Westbrook, super quickly, um, because Westbrook was bad. Um, he was attacking, which is good. He got to the line a good amount, um, 8 for 10 at the line, which is good. Um, but yeah, so the thing about Russell Westbrook is <sighs> when he makes mid-range shots early in the game, normally you would think of that as it should be a good thing, but like I always just sigh so loudly when he starts doing that. Because then he gets really, really mid-range happy. Like, he made his first two mid-range jumpers. After that, he was two for seven. That's bad offense. It's such bad offense whenever Russell Westbrook takes a mid-range jumper because the defense is baiting him into that. Danny Green is backing so far off Russell Westbrook that it's hard for him to generate anything in the half court. And, like, even at the rim, like, he wasn't finishing well at all. Like, Danny Green played did an incredible job against him. He was 0 for 4 at the rim. A lot of that was from Danny Green. Um, 1 for 2 from floater range. Um, two of five from beyond the arc, and that's like better than you could expect out of him normally. So, I don't know. 
it, I don't like. I don't see how you win playoff games with Russell Westbrook at this point. Like, if we're being completely honest, like if you can just put someone on him, just back so far off, and then he's not going to run handoffs or set a screen, and like that guy's clogging the clogging the lane. Like, how can you generate good half court offense with a guard like that on your team? It's just really, really, really tough, and you need a really, 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 really good creative coach to do it. And Scott Brooks just isn't the guy. Um, so I don't know. We'll we'll see. Like, but like Russell Westbrook, his defense was like probably the worst of the series. But like his defense has been so bad all year. I don't know like why no one's been talking about that. But it's been terrible. Um, and it was really bad in this game. Like the tags were just non-existent. I did not see him do like a single weak side tag like on a roller in this game at all. Like it was it was disastrous. Um, Twenty two minutes in this pod, like that game wasn't very close. Um, I wanted to see if I had any more talking points that I wanted to talk about. Uh, yeah, I'll, I have to shout out like Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Danny Green, Tyrese Maxey. Five, those five guys were like awesome in this game. Um, also Bradley Beal, like he was awesome the whole series, the whole season. Um, I hope he comes back. If I'm doing this pod next year, like I really want to see Bradley Beal. Oh, super quickly, got to tell you about the um, new sponsor of the pod, which is Manscaped. Um, they sent me cool stuff. Um, I'm really happy. Like if so. They gave me a discount code, 20% off um, any Manscaped products on the website. They have a ton of stuff on there. Um, like everything has like super, super, super positive, like five-star reviews. You can go check that out. Um, and then like 20% off with the promo code WIZARDS um, for any of your purchases. Like that's, I don't know, that's a pretty super exciting um, sponsor. Um, they sponsor like tons of podcasts and like, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so definitely check that out uh, if you're interested. Um, but anyway, so I'll go through my notes and that'll be that for the last pod of the season um i guess the last game recap of the season kind of weird um so yeah my first note was thibel starting and simmons at the five um trouble with matchups now i talked about that um simmons being used as a screener and handles is really scary i talked about that uh this is what i just talked about russ hitting mids early may or may not be good it it's not good like that that's kind of what i was trying to say that was kind of sarcastic um beal is killing i don't think thibel is the answer maybe they should go under screens question mark yeah that's kind of like an adjustment that i would make personally if i was playing against bradley beal as like i just try to go under screens and try to bait him into shooting pull up mid-range jumpers or pull up three-point jumpers um that's what i would do um tons of chicago action for philly talked about that um beal's been great so far he's really keeping them in the game really good at using screens and finishing like yeah Beal's gotten so good at like coming off screens which is kind of like an underrated aspect of the game and also like his finishing is insane um Beal checks out. This is in the first quarter. Like Beal checked out. It was like twenty-seven to twenty, and then at the end of the quarter, it was twenty-nine, twenty-nine. Um, so kind of the impact of Bradley Beal. Um, <laughs> this is in the second quarter. I wrote goes getting a lot of minutes against a four-guard lineup. I truly don't understand why. Yeah, like Gil was guarding a guard um, when the Sixers were running a four-guard lineup. Like it didn't make sense to me. Um, <laughs> I wrote Mike Scott checks in the game for some odd reason. Why? I don't understand why the Sixers were playing Mike Scott. Like that doesn't because like, the Wizards don't respect him at all as a shooter. And he's like out there as a, like the only thing he can do is shoot. So it didn't make any sense to me. Um, he was getting, getting kind of cooked defensively. Oh, super quick. I do want to point out Ish Smith. He's fun. I love him. He gets attacked so much defensively. He could not play in this series. He should not have played as much as he did in the series. He did nothing in this series. I don't understand why he played over Garrison Matthews. That makes no sense to me. You had Neto. You had Russell Westbrook. You had Bradley Beal. That's enough creation. Go play Garrison Matthews because he can defend and he can shoot. That's my Ish Smith rant. Um, <laughs> Russ is pushing the ball and being aggressive, which is good. He's also gotten far too shot happy from mid-range, which is bad. Kind of story with him all season. Um, the Wizards just don't respect Scott on the pop. He's pointless out there. Talked about that one second ago. Um, Tyrese Maxey has done a great job of getting to the rim, really attacking the pick-and-roll defense and poor point-of-attack defense. Um, yeah. <laughs> Garrison Matthews comes in just to foul Ben Simmons. I don't like the move at all. Talked about that. 
Um, Gafford guarding Simmons doesn't make sense to me. I'd put him on Thibault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talked about that. Um, Hal Neto is a blocking trail, blah, blah, blah. Talked about that. Seth Curry is awesome. Um, the pick and pops. Oh, yeah. So the Sixers a couple times went with pick and pops with Seth Curry and Tobias Harris. Those were tough to guard. Um, if you're Rui, I'd probably rather see him hard hedge that. Um, but they're kind of like up to touch and containing on that. And then having Rui try to sprint back to Tobias Harris. And he was either attacking a closeout or just shooting the ball straight up like that. You got to guard that better. Um, not not on Rui because that's that's way too tough of a coverage to execute. That's on the coaching staff. Um, Sixers are really backing off the non-shooters in this game on helping out way off like yeah they were like helping like further than the nail um when they were one pass away on in the slot like that was kind of like crazy um nothing's more hilarious and <laughs> yeah so every time like robin lopez shoots a hook shot um it's so funny to look at the opponent's bench because all the coaches like all the assistants throw their hands up in the air and like oh my god because that's the only thing he does um philly's cooking right now and pick and roll with dwight um backline help is terrible yeah talk about that um, they're starting to send doubles at Beal and there's no shooters to take advantage. Like that happened a few times where Beal is just kind of passing out of doubles and there's nothing there, um, which is weird. Like a four on three in the NBA, you should be able to create a good look. Um, Gafford is getting killed right now, but he can't be taken out of the game against a small group, ball group. Like, yeah, the Wizards were in a giant hole in terms of their rotation um, just because they don't have the bodies um, to do anything. Um, Wizards were getting to the rim early, but it's just to talk about that. Okay, so that's going to do it for this last episode of the season. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't even know what to say. So I'm going to have more episodes coming out throughout the off season. You know, I'm going to do some draft stuff. I'm definitely going to do off season salary cap stuff. Going to do a season recap at some point. Um, yeah. And I don't know, hopefully that'll create enough contact throughout the summer. Like, I don't know, hopefully some interesting wizard stuff happens. Like I'll do like an emergency podcast when there is a Scott Brooks decision. Um, hopefully I'm going to be doing a coaching candidates podcast. Like, I, I don't know, this will be interesting. I don't know what I'm going to do. I've been just, just been doing season recap or game recaps this whole time. It'll be interesting um, where I take this. Um, but yeah, hopefully you tune in for the rest of the stuff that I have coming out um, throughout the off season. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoopsWizardsPod. I'll see you next time.